Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And I am so excited because this week's episode, we get personal again. And I know I haven't done a personal podcast in a while, but I am very excited to get back into having listeners little know a little bit more about me and who I am and stuff like that. So in this week's episode, not only do I get personal, but I also kind of made it an advice sort of podcast. I wanted to make it for students with learning challenges and anxiety and for teachers who have students with anxiety and learning challenges. And I want to give advice to both of those sort of category of people to share advice on how students can still strive and be their best, even though anxiety and learning challenges could get in the way sometimes. Believe me, I totally understand it. And for teachers to help their students and to give them you know, reassurance and how they can approach a student who is going through maybe something behind the scenes or maybe going through something academically or they're anxious or and stuff like that. So I wanted to also have a guest on my podcast this week, and I do. Her name is Nicole Balinfi. She was my English teacher who pretty much saw and witnessed a nice chunk of my academic story, which you'll hear throughout the podcast this week. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so we go back how many years? Three, four, three, no, three. Four. Um, my sophomore year of high school. And I just finished my freshman year of college. So three and a half? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Three and a half years. And when we first met, I looked and felt and you could just see it in me. I was a mess. You, you were anxious. You were anxious, you know, starting school, starting in a new school. Starting in a public school when I've never gone into a public school in my life. In a, lar- in a large school, too. Mm-hmm. And I could understand that because I went to a very small high school. And so working in such a large building with so many kids... Um, what is it was overwhelming for me as well. So I think that that was someplace that you and I um, could have, we could agree on that. That it oh could yeah, overwhelming. I remember talking to you about um, uh, pep rallies and oh asking, yeah, asking you about pep rallies, and I I didn't mean to make you anxious, but. Um, Pep rallies used to make me anxious in high school when our whole school would get together. Our whole school that was is, was probably smaller than the size of one grade at West Bloomfield High School. When we would all get into the into the gym and, and kids were shouting and everyone was crowded together, it was so anxiety producing. Mm-hmm. And um, so... I remember asking you about that because I was worried that that might be. And it, yeah, the first pep rally I went to, I literally came home and had a, a, a migraine for an entire weekend because it was so loud. And I've never been, yes, of course I've been at concerts. And at the school that I, that I went to before that I'll talk more about in a second. I'm just not going to say the name of it. Okay. Um, but you know what it is. Okay. Yeah. But like those pep rallies, like they were fun, but like we had there was like a there was no over like once you hit a certain level of noise they were like "Uh uh-uh bring it down like here it was like a meter of of noises that broke they like they just shattered 
mm-hmm. during my first pep rally. And I'm like, oh, God, this is nothing like I expected it to be at all. In, in, in actuality, it's, it's really just a normal. Oh, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. But, and, but for me, I know it's, it's anxiety producing. And, and I've learned to uh, wear earplugs mm-hmm. when I go to them. And I also get migraines sometimes from being at them. So sometimes I will take um, migraine medication before the pep rally or I take it immediately after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Was, um, that was something that I think was going to be different for you yeah for sure and yeah the size of the building oh yeah we're worried about getting from from classes to classes if i if i'm correct i might be recalling that wrong oh yeah i was so scared because i didn't know how i was going to get to point a to point b on time in that five minute you know race luckily i was lucky enough my first year of high school for for west bloomfield being the big school that it is all of my classes were very close together. Oh, thank goodness. So I was able to get from, like, one little section of, like, where there's, like, four classrooms, get from one to another, and then just go down the hall a little bit and then come back. Like, they were all very close together. So I didn't really have that big of a run. I My biggest run didn't come until my second semester junior year and my senior year. I had a big run, but... Um, that's, that's one thing that I think some adults don't understand. Some adults will look at their teenager, if they're a parent or adults that don't work in a school building, they'll, they'll say to a kid, how, how can you not get to one class to another in five minutes? You have five whole minutes. But I think people that aren't in a school on a day-to-day basis don't realize how many kids are in the hallway exactly and it's like they're all like this they're shoulder to shoulder yes and they don't like everyone's like excuse me excuse me excuse me and there's backpacks and you're constantly getting hit it's like backpack dodgeball yes honestly passing time is literally backpack dodgeball and i've learned to realize that over time because coming from the school that i came from uh we did a we didn't carry it we all had the rule was our backpacks had to be in our lockers and we couldn't take them around from class to class and I also had a locker and it was and we in the it was also very small so we didn't have it wasn't like dodgeball going from class to class Mm -hmm. rather when I started when I started public school for the first time during my first passing time it was like uh uh, like I didn't even know what I was going to do with myself so I just sprinted. I just sprinted to my next class, and I just sat there. I think with somebody who has anxiety, um, class time change, like the, the in between classes, yeah, the, the passing time, time yeah. can can really be stressful. Oh yeah, it yeah. Especially when I first started out, it was very stressful because I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing, who, what I'm going to see in the hallway, what I'm what's like because. Before I came to West Bloomfield, I had two different sort of visions of what people told me it's going to be like. Because I had none whatsoever. All I know is that I went and I shadowed and I really liked it and I couldn't wait to start. But when I first started, um, I, the one thing that my mom said to me was that you're gonna pro- you're, you're most likely going to be a small fish in a really big sea. 
Okay, I think that's a really good analogy to use. Yeah, at first, and I didn't, I'm like, oh, okay, so she's like, don't end up having, don't expect having, like, a relationship with your teachers like you did, because I was coming from schools where I had a relationship with teacher who I, teachers who I still talk to today, but, (laughs) like, I went from that to that, and so I wasn't expecting having, she's like, don't really, I don't think you should expect that because there's so much, and the teachers teach so many kids, and it's going to be very different. It's going to be very different in that aspect. The class is going to get bigger. I'm like, okay. And then at the school that I went to before, they were telling me all about what their, what their school will do, does and what public school won't do for me. Like, oh, your tests are going to look like this. Your assignments are going to look like this, blah, blah, blah. I will say right now that that school, it, they were wrong. They gave me like the public school version of the test because like the kids they knew that were gonna they're about to change schools, um, they would give them like a test in that format, and it was just like the final exam, and it was still like my tests in in resource room classes at West Bloomfield High School were easier than my tests at the other school. Oh, interesting! I never knew that. You never shared that with me. That that is interesting. Yeah. I wonder um where they had got their information about what tests would look like, and I I wonder why they would share that with you and when I went when I started at West Bloomfield I felt like a lot of it like I was going in with their at their visions in the back of my mind because that's all I really knew because mm-hmm. I didn't I, know what else to think I now just remembering I'd forgotten about this but I now remember you sent me an email before school started yes I did I did talk, I, yeah about, you know um any difficulties you you might have and I remember reading it and thinking that this was a very mature student coming to me um, and one who's really insightful about her strengths and where she has difficulties. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I was looking forward to meeting you and hoping like I was, I was looking at it as you might be, a, you were going to be a student. I learned from all my students. All of my students teach me something. But I, I was really hopeful that you were going to be someone who was going to propel me to be a better teacher um, and that I was going to learn things from you. And look where we are now, how many, three and a half yeah. years later. And I have learned from you. Yeah, so. it's like you probably like a lot of teachers would maybe agree with you. I don't know, like with my assumption, but like I kind of feel like I get this email, you get like, oh, it's like, oh, she has this, whatever. And then you see me walk in and I literally look like a turtle in a shell. I literally felt like a turtle in a shell the first, like, two months of school. You did come across as being shy, um, t- maybe timid in a way, um, but nothing that we couldn't work with. And, and it was understandable, you know, knowing that you had anxiety about coming to the school and, and um, knowing that you had, you'd come from a smaller environment and it was understandable, but I didn't think you looked like a turtle in a shell. <laughs> that it, might be the way you describe yourself. Like when I first started, it was like, I got mentally diagnosed with anxiety and and medically diagnosed with Crohn's within 26 days of each other. Yes, I, re- I remember you being diagnosed with Crohn's. I remember that. Yeah. Correct. That happened the year you came to me, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It was five yeah. weeks into the school year. Yes. And I understood how serious that is because I have a family member who has that. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. I, I, I'm thankful that I had the experience that I, I have a family member who has it because once I heard that you had Crohn's, um, I had already had an exposure to it mm-hmm. um, and experience with it. And I knew 
that I, obviously I needed to be as understanding about it and as flexible about it as possible. Um, I wonder though, I'm giving myself a lot of credit there. So I'm, if I had not known about Crohn's and hadn't had an, ex, an experience with it through a family member, I don't, I, I wonder if I wouldn't have been so um, flexible and accepting of it. And, and that's, that's the one gift of having like experiences in life, positive or negative. Um, the more experience you have as a person, the more accepting and understanding you can be of other people's oh yeah totally experiences or or trials they're going through so yeah I'm thankful that I had a little bit of a background like I'm not an expert on Crohn's but um and you know far more than I do but I'm thankful that I had some exposure to it so that when this when this came to me, when you came to me with this, and I, I could understand it. Mm-hmm. But there was one teacher um, who I had who I didn't think was going to take it as well as he did. And I was shocked for some reason. And I went to Schiffer and I said, oh, I was, well, well, and I told her the whole story. And she's like, why would you think that this teacher, any of your teachers would be against you having a medical condition I'm like i don't know public sc- this is a public school they teach a lot of kids like i don't think they would care i'm like one of i'm just one out of every any other kid they're like oh like if you have a medical they want to help you like your things are in like the system for a reason it says you have an iep for a reason it says you have the, excuse me, the like the, your conditions for a reason it's because they want to help you and it did take me a while i'm not going to lie to you for me to accept that that my teachers were there to help me at that school because I was painted that picture of from what the other school told me. I see. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Schiffer is a very wise woman. And oh, yeah. Anytime you need to have something put in perspective, she's a very good person to go to. Oh, yeah. She, things in perspective. And, and even when you think you have things in perspective and you're looking at something clearly, she's just somebody I really enjoy hearing what she has to say because she just, like, she, you know, she takes your muddy windshield and she just makes it clear. Oh, uh, oh, a hundred percent. She um, just makes makes you look at things in a smart way. So, yes, she was totally right. And, you know, if there had been somebody who had any issue with your diagnosis, you know, we, we would have spoken with them. And But but the staff is so wonderful at our high school that um, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be an issue. And and I don't remember you ever saying it it, it was. So I'm, I'm glad. It sounds like all the teachers handled it. Handled yeah. It well. And I was like, I was so scared to just approach, a, just approach a person in that school for the first couple, the first couple of months. And it was just, ugh. and it, Shelby, Shelby, for those who are listening, are like, is like one of my only, was like one of my very good friends from that school like said to me she said I always wanted I wanted to be your friend from day one but I was so scared on how to approach you because you you had there's a certain look about you that you didn't look like where you didn't really know what was on your mind and what like so she said that she was very nervous to approach me okay so your anxiety was coming through to her as maybe being standoffish or maybe that she she wouldn't want to approach you because of your anxiousness it's not like she wanted to be my friend but it's like she didn't know what to say because I looked very lost I see and I looked very confused and I looked just not how I look today at all you yes you do look different you look more at peace and confident and that's that's wonderful Schiffer said to me 
If okay. you, Schiffer said to me, if you told me that the girl who came to me, uh, your fr- sophomore year of high school, sat in my office and didn't and was freaking out, was going to give the graduation speech uh, in 2019, I would have called you a big fat liar. I think she's spot on with that. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would... I'm so proud of you for giving the graduation speech. And it just goes to show how much a person can grow and can overcome any obstacles they have. Mm -hmm. Um, So I agree with Mrs. Schiffer on that. Yeah. Um, I also think um, as a teacher, when students are struggling with anxiety, sometimes it's not something that teachers pick up on their radar right away because oftentimes in classrooms, teachers might be dealing with students working with students that are displaying overt misbehavior mm-hmm. that might be because of their anxiety it, it might be because of their frustration um but from my experience i was i was often very concerned about students behavior that was out there overt you could see it you could hear it um and so I wasn't necessarily honing in on kids who were maybe very quiet or yeah. struggling internally. Um, and it's something that over the past three years since meeting you and learning from you, um, one of the many things you've taught me um, is to look for those students. Yeah, for sure. Because like at first, like when I first started, I was very internal in person, but... I was very extroverted through the internet, through emails. Yeah. Because yeah. I was scared to approach people. When I first started going to school there, I was very scared to approach people. So I thought the best way to reach out to people was to email them. And I would say that's right. That's what you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was so just afraid because I didn't know what they were going to say. Like, I would work myself up so much to a point that I would be like, I'd, I'd forget to even mention what I wanted to mention. Like, it's, it got that bad, but... It sort of kind of found its way. And one thing that I will say for students who are going to maybe go from private to public school and whatever, as I was, like I told you, I was approached to talk to a couple of kids who were coming from, coming from, they were coming from a different, from the middle school in the district, but it was still very, it's not like the high school. The high school is the biggest school in the district. It's a big change. So it is a big change. So one thing that did, so I went for the the first, I don't know, two or three weeks of school, I went every single day, all day, came home. I looked terrible. I literally put a onesie on the second I got home and went right to sleep. Well, with anxiety, anxiety can be exhausting. It is. And, and you spend all day keeping it together, appearing quote unquote normal, making sure that you're keeping it in and it can exhaust you. Absolutely. And I would be exhausted. And the one thing about going into some of my classes when I first started there is like, especially in my, I feel like it took me a lot longer to get used to finding myself in a gen ed class than I did in a resource room class. Like I felt like I had to pull it together and pretend that everything's okay in, uh, in gen ed classes longer than I did with uh, special ed classes. Because I think my IEP meeting, my fr- my sophomore year, really was the thing that cracked the shell. Because my gen ed teacher that year was in there. And I didn't expect his perspectives and his visions to go as well as they did. Like for, But like it took me a while to ask for help in that class because I didn't want to feel stupid. I didn't want to feel like an odd one out. I just... It was just scary for me, honestly. Because of the amount of, of kids. Mm-hmm. Myself, mostly that. Yeah. yeah. But 
after sort of that happened and all being scared happened and whatever I took I remember I was just so put off with everything and exhausted I decided to take a day off of school I couldn't get out of bed I couldn't I couldn't my mom kept saying to me did did something happen at school is there something whatever like I've never this is actually kind of interesting because I'm actually telling the whole story for this is the the first time I'm telling anybody the whole story and it's going to go on my podcast which is actually kind of a good way to release it and I said I can't go like it was a day where and my dad is a West Bloomfield High School graduate. So he thought the experience was going to be just like his in a way um, at yeah. first, but it wasn't. So I took the day off of school that day, went into school late the next day, and that's when I met Schiffer. Ah, okay. And that was my first encountership with Schiffer. And then I remember I saw you in the office that day. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You were like, we missed you in class. I'm like, yeah, cool. Okay, got to go talk. Uh, I'm scared. I'm about to have an anxiety attack. Gotta go by. And I went in and talked to Schiffer. And Schiffer gave me a great suggestion. And along with her and Miss Wilson, who we'll go into more details about who Miss Wilson is in a minute. But what they had me do is take it very slow when it comes to a, when it comes with being at school. I started off go take going to like one or two classes a day, yeah. depending on the day and how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. There were days where I had to skip my John Ed class because I couldn't handle it. Um my and it was also my first class of the day so it's like wake up and get ready to and then you're kind of bombarded Mm -hmm. with a lot of people yeah so like there were days where I had to skip that and there were days where I only went to a couple classes and then I left soon enough I was able to go all day again but not only go all day but go and actually like like okay yep this is a good fit like they're the teachers are actually going to help you and the teachers are actually going to care about you and they're actually want you to succeed and it's not the visions of what you were taught before. I don't know if you know this, but my guidance counselor handpicked every single teacher that I had my sophomore year of high school. She picked you to teach me. She picked this person to teach me this subject. She taught, She picked this person. Like, there was obviously a couple of classes that I took that only, or one class specifically that you know exactly what class it is, where um, the, there's only one teacher who teaches the class. Like, she handpicked everybody from science to math to English to social studies. Like, she handpicked everybody to because she thought from what my parents what were gonna were describing of me she thought that that would be a good fit oh good and look where we are three and a half years later i know i know you you have you have become a success you are a success story so um you have yourself to thank for that i hope that Ms. wilson um the shipper and i are all people that you consider somebody who helped you oh absolutely so, like i probably want to be like i have like a team of people not besides like family doesn't count like because family is family like well, they, you have a helpful family as well yeah so they, they should be acknowledged but, but, but like i have a team this would be possible unless you had a desire to to be a successful person like a, t- a team of people who like actually like took the time out of their crazy schedules and crazy days to be like okay this girl needs some help this girl needs assistance this girl needs you to get her to this girl needs to succeed like we want her to succeed it's just she's trying to figure it out and that's why i went into teaching is is to help kids be successful so um but sometimes sometimes we it's hard for teachers to see what it is and to know what it is how to help help a student and Mm -hmm. I think honestly with you and me um it might have been just a little bit of like luck like you being placed in my classroom I guess it was it was on purpose but Mm -hmm. like um I think 
our personalities go together well and you are you're always a a good student and a good person. You're always polite and kind, and it's always come through from from you. So um, I've always enjoyed having you, and I was sad when you were no longer. So like if I, I would say for people who are gonna listen to this and for people who want to hear the experience, like want to figure out ways of, and use this as like a resource, I will say one thing that I feel like helped a lot of, a lot for me, and looking into my teachers is finding something maybe, especially with my special ed teachers, because in special, like if you're in the resource room program at West Bloomfield High School, you're in there for from from freshman year to senior year if you really want to be. You can start off taking, you know, English, math, social studies, whatever, in freshman year, and then just, in you know, your classes reduce as you get older, then you end up in just learning strategies in senior year. I will say find something in common with at least one teacher and find something in common with your caseload teacher whether it's the same person or not I would say find something in common with both of them like you and I did absolutely and that's probably good advice for just anything in life any person you work with you teach you you know your neighbor having a commonality with people connects you with and and we're all different people too Mm -hmm. right like everybody has different opinions different likes dislikes but having a common area that you agree with somebody, a common interest, it's very important. Like, remember, we discovered ours in my IEP meeting. Is it really? It was my IEP meeting. Well, let me first, let me guess. Is our, oh, it's Disney. Yeah. Disney. Oh, and now I remember, I remember that IEP meeting. Yeah, and especially, like, it was also, like, my parents' first time meeting teachers of mine and... It was just, I didn't really know what it was going to be. I've never had an IEP meeting before until that. Didn't know, I never pictured myself graduating from high school because I thought I was going to graduate from the other school. But from West Bloomfield High School, a giant school, with the only high school in the district, it was like, I kind of did that. Well, and hopefully this is a lesson for you that anything that ever intimidates you or scares you, you can take on. You've already done it once and you were immensely successful. So you you don't have to walk through life intimidated. I was very scared. And like, I was so scared because I didn't know how I was going to, like, especially the, the social aspect of West Bloomfield High School. I didn't know how the heck that was going to turn out. Because I've heard the stories. I've seen the movies. I didn't know if it was going to be like the movies or I went to the other school and, you know, I did have a group of friends and they were goofy as heck but like going into Westmanville High School it was like who am I friends with are they gonna make me do things I don't want to do that was my biggest fear luckily that didn't happen because I laid the law I laid down the law and I said hey I'm not doing this but I think that your your story is is um typical of I mean it's individual it's your story and it's an important story and it it shapes who you are but um these friendship stories are are often typical of of teenagers it's a huge middle school age it's just a huge time of change and and a lot of like friend groups shift oh yeah and and all you can really do is is um learn from them and grow from them and mm-hmm. thank god for that one teacher right Those teachers can make a big difference when someone's hurting i feel like teachers like especially in special education departments and maybe not special education departments who have kids that know that they have an IEP, they should really sort of take, like, I know a lot of teachers like when kids go to them, like they should also attempt to go to the student because they don't know what they're, they don't know what the student is going through. They don't know if it's anxiety or if it's a certain insecurity or what it is. But like a lot of that 
independent pressure shouldn't go on the kid. That's one thing that I kind of have trying to I've, I've learned is that through like this whole experience is that with kids who have these I don't want to say issues but like these insecurities or these things going on in their lives like they teachers don't know what what it's like after they leave the building. They don't know what their life is like. They don't know what goes on in different classrooms. They may hear about it like from experience like I've heard like what a teacher can say to like a, let's say it, here's like there's a case teacher and they're talking to all the teachers about what they think the kid's doing and stuff like that like how they're doing and stuff like that and the teacher's story and the student's story could be polar opposite you're right no you're right and I, I've even noticed that as a teacher sometimes my perception of of maybe something that's happened or my perception of a student um is totally different than the way the student is perceiving things in class or the way um, the student performs in other classes. And I really think teaching has, has just made me try to look at things more openly and, and keep an open mind about everything because um, where, where one person might see a student's uh, weaknesses, the student may have a strength in another area. Oh, absolutely. And, and as, a, as an English teacher, sometimes students... There may be a student who's very weak in the English area, but they're going to go and they're going to do really well in in, the, in math or in another area, another mm-hmm. subject area, and they're going to be successful. Yeah. And, and my job is to help them be literate and to do well after high school in terms of anything that has to do with reading and writing. That's not going to be what their, their career is going to be. It's Their career is going to be in another area, and they can still be extremely successful yeah like I said with like I feel like it's a lot I feel like nowadays there's a lot of pressure that gets put on the student to alert the teacher when the teacher should maybe there should be it should be kind of like a fifth like a 50 50 sort of thing when it comes to how the stu- how a student could be successful. I think you're right about that. I, I think I think that's like something that we often say to kids is like, well, you're in high school now, we really need to like advocate for yourself. And um, I, I would say that for myself, sometimes if I don't approach a student, it's because I don't want to embarrass them. Or I don't want to make them uncomfortable, right? I don't want to bring up something. Um, I mean, I've taught in, in schools where I'll mention to a student about their IEP meeting coming up and the student won't even know that they have an eye. They, they don't know that they have a disability. And that makes for an awkward conversation, right? That, um, mm-hmm. So, because I think if any student does have an IEP, they, sh- they should know they do. Um, they should know where their weaknesses are, what they're working on to mm-hmm. overcome them. And they should also know their accommodations, right? Oh, um, yeah. Like, I, I feel like if I didn't have my accommodations in this, in this backup support that I had along with my accommodations, I don't think I would have made it. Like, IEPs can be your best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, in high school, like, of course, I had, like, friends and stuff, but I, my IEP was my best friend in high mm-hmm. school. And so sometimes I just wonder if a teacher doesn't approach a student, it's it's because maybe they, they don't want to make that student feel singled out or embarrass them. Or I don't know, it, it may be because um, they, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm probably just trying to, um, I guess every situation's different. Yeah, it also, yeah, it depends on the student and it depends on their story and it depends on what's going on outside the classroom. But like, it's sort of like, especially with my, just comparing like 
professors with teachers and different things like that, I would say that I wish, like, I would say that teachers and students should have a way to meet in the middle, especially when you have an IEP. Oh, absolutely. It's all about meeting in the middle. Ideally, there should just be open communication, back and forth, talking about your accommodations, making sure that the teacher's providing them, the teacher making sure they're providing them to, mm-hmm. the, to, the, to the extent that they need to be. Um, absolutely. More and, communication. In the, and also, like, in the beginning of the year, especially when I started, like, of course, like, teachers had to, like, lay out ground rules and, you know, talk about the classrooms and stuff. But the one thing that I didn't hear a lot of in words, but I heard a lot in through uh, the computer, is, like, teachers saying that they're there to support students that they're there to help like with certain people like throughout my time in high school like they didn't they only said it in, through email for me from in my experience like, we're here to support you we want to help you like they never said it verbally in front of like the whole class like to confront the whole class like i'm here i want to help you like stuff like that oh that's a really good perspective i've i've never heard that and never thought about that but i guess i guess you're right i think i put a lot of that in emails and um and in writing when i hand out my syllabus but i don't know if i necessarily spend enough time on a daily basis in front of students talking like it, the- yeah like it's like it's one thing hearing it like yeah like it's great to hear it through email but like mm-hmm. you never know like in like i've had personal experiences where teachers have said to me oh i've i'm here for you uh in writing but in person they're like they're like huh so it's I think girl like if I were to talk to like a future teacher or talking to someone in like a special education to see how I could make see what like advice I would give I would say to not only say in writing that you're there for a student but also say it in words that's very good advice that's very wise because you never know what you never no, because with writing, you you can play it out in whatever tone you want it to, to be. Like, with writing, like, I was just writing, I'll use this for an example, like, my mom is having me write these cards for her clients because my mom claims that she, my mom's handwriting isn't the greatest, so she uses my hand, so I'm writing them out for her, and, like, I wrote, like, a little message for all her clients, yeah. and um, you never know how someone could read a message when it's in writing. When you're well, using, yeah. when you're using uh, your voice, you use your tone, you can see exactly how where someone's coming from. So when someone tells you, hi, hey, I'm here for you, in writing, you don't know what kind of tone they're using. You're right. That's exactly it. That's tone. Yeah, I think um, when someone says something in person, there's just that human, the human aspect of it, the human interaction. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. right now, the way schooling's going, we don't have that. And yeah. You know, you're bringing up a really good point that I'm going to carry with me through my every day I teach for the rest of my career. But I think this time that all on computers is we're realizing just how much we need that face to face and we need to have the discussions and, and talking and checking in with each other. Mm-hmm, for sure. And uh... Yeah, I would definitely agree. Like, it's a lot, it's a lot about the checking in makes, like, you don't, like, depending, like, a lot of teachers don't really understand how at ease a teacher checking in with a student can be. Like, it makes, it, it puts a lot of weight off of your shoulders. Like, after a teacher checks in with you about something, like, if you said, let's say you have a C in a class, 
and you're wondering uh why didn't I get a why don't I have a B why don't I have this why don't I have blah 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 like I once a teacher checks in and tells you like you're gonna be okay like trust me this thing I'm sure you you looked like you were you did very well with this uh once that goes in it's gonna change once you hear those words come out of your teacher's mouths about your grade it like puts it takes so much stress off of you I think you're right I think that 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 is I've had conversations like that with students where I'm, I'm in front of the grade book on the computer and I say if you just hand this in if you just get a 50 percent on it your grade's going to go up to this and I've, I've seen that light go off on, in kids eyes like oh oh okay I just I just need to get this work in <laughs> and it, from a teacher's perspective that's that's all we we ever um have and that's how we do grades. If you hand in your work and you do well on it, you're going to do great. If you hand in your work, you're going to pass. And so um, sometimes just sitting down with a student and having a personal conversation about if you, if you get these three missing assignments in, you're going to pass. And to see the um, excitement, I guess, maybe the, the um, going from being deflated to feeling like, wow, I can, I, can, I have confidence now, and I, if I get this work in, I'm going to do, do okay in class. I, I, I see that a lot in students, so. For sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I. That play, that first impression of a teacher saying that they're there for you will set the tone for the rest of the semester or the rest of the year. And if you read it, like, and especially with reiterating it, like, in between semesters, like, mm-hmm. we're going to get through the semester together. Uh, I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. It, like, resets the tone for the rest, the, the remainder of the school year. You're right. Now I'm inspired. I'm going, when when we're done with this, I'm going to be sending out messages to all my students, letting them know how much I care. Because I do care. But sometimes we, just as in with our personal lives, and, and sometimes you just forget to tell, remind the people. Yeah, and to show. It's very... Know like to show it not just say it too it's like also like one thing that really stuck out is like when I love like when teachers are like how can I assist how can I what can I do like I know it's like my job to advocate for myself but sometimes you're so tingled up and your students can get put under so much stress and a lot of teachers think they're like let's say you have like seven classes and all of their teachers believe and all that every teacher thinks that their class should be put on number be put as number one on your priority list like it gets very stressful on a student no matter if you're a special ed student or you're not mm-hmm. so it's like when it's when especially with a caseload teacher says to them like what can I do to make this a little bit easier like having that question be asked it's like makes it takes a lot of stress off of people oh yeah absolutely I um, I found myself asking that question more as I've grown older because sometimes I I don't I don't know what the person I think it's part of communicating mm-hmm. and good communication is because sometimes you, you can see someone struggling with something and you can come up with your idea of what you think you need to do to help but by asking that person what is it I can do to help you what would you like me do to, to what would you like me to do to help you. Um, I think that usually we get, when I ask students that, I get a, a clearer idea of, of, of what it is they need. 
and me just guessing. Mm -hmm. I think we do a lot of that as a society. We guess how we can help people. And sometimes the ways mm -hmm. that we go about helping people isn't the best way. But yeah. if you talk with the person who's struggling. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, the one thing I will say is like, especially when it comes to talking to gen ed teachers, because they teach so many kids, it gets very intimidating because they teach a lot of people and you don't know what they're going to say or how they're going to say it because they're not used to special education kids all day long, like teachers in a special ed department are. So one thing I will say is like what I used a sort of, it was kind of like a fine line of communication my first year at West Bloomfield. I used different people to get to that one teacher to communicate because I was so scared. I used Miss Wilson, I used Schiffer, I used different people to get my feelings out through that one teacher because I didn't know what to say. Like I'd maybe even sit down and try to write an email to this person and I wouldn't, I couldn't get it out because I just, I was so trembled. Well, I think that that was definitely a way, it was an avenue of, of getting things resolved. Yeah. I think that since then, your 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 people skills have, have gotten even better and and that you have found other ways to communicate directly one-on-one -on -one with a teacher but um that's definitely one way of, of going about it and you went to the right people yeah um, and they're very good communicators i mean i think you found two of the best communicators in the high school so um they mm -hmm. probably not only helped you um get across any concerns you had but they also i think are good at teaching you, modeling for you, how you can do it for yourself. And I just saw an article the other day about um, anxiety and how anxiety will make you forget things. When you're feeling stressed out, you forget. Oh and yeah. It's really hard to I agree. learn with this. I 100% agree. But with fun and with joy, you'll always, re you'll, you'll retain what you've learned much better. Yeah, it's like how I remembered something about I remember what was one thing I remember trying to think about an English one, but I don't rem how how can I not remember an English one? You gave me so many back a long time ago, and how I remembered something, but they're not coming to me for some reason. I don't know why, but only my math ones are because math it's like you know you need certain formulas for things. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. <laughs> yeah, but I remember that, but like. But, like, she did this one thing, and it always made me laugh, and it made me remember. Like, I could be taking the test, and I would be laughing because she taught me how to do it in this way. Or, like, you would use a word in a sentence. Like, we'd be, like, reviewing, like, this, doing, like, something with the spelling or the grammar or whatever. I remember now. And you would relate it to something funny that happened. You would relate it to, I don't know, Nano's owners, whoever in your life that's very entertaining. And when it would be time to take the spelling test... I remember, would remember how to spell the word or I remember how to answer the question because of this. Like, it worked a lot with Gatsby comprehension. So I remember that's the first time we had, like, quizzes, like, the comprehension quizzes that would stress me out. You would relate it, whatever we're talking about, to something funny or something crazy or ridiculous or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, because of Gatsby, this, this, and this. And it was like... And it, like, helps a lot and, like, it benefits for a lot of kids who have learning issues, especially with reading, like, a lot of learning challenges and students who find reading challenging. Yeah. It's, like, finding a visual or connecting it to something funny. Mm -hmm. And I think that now we seem to be a, be a society that's moving away from reading and adults are reading less and less. So I think watching a movie for anyone 
is beneficial to help them visualize. Mm-hmm. Totally. But, yeah, I would say definitely with kids, for sure, from a teacher, like, from a teacher's perspective. I don't want to sound like I'm, like, giving you instructions or anything. Oh, no. No, you don't. I, I think you you have sparked ideas in me that when I leave here today and, and when I'm with my students and I can talk with them again how I want. I think what you're you're stressing is the importance of, let, of teachers letting kids know that we care about them. Mm-hmm. And what ways can we help you? And And that's really important. Blimpy, thank you so, so much for coming and hanging out with me this week on the podcast. And to all the listeners out there, thank you so much for joining me for another week of the show. And I will see you next Friday. Have a great week.